Greetings, Trailblazer fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 33 of The Briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall. The Blazers were down to just seven players in Wednesday night's loss to the Kings at Moda Center. Congrats to the Sacramento Kings for breaking their 16-year playoff drought with that victory. And even though some help is on the way, the Blazers are likely to be rather thin for the remainder of the season. We'll talk about why that is, what Shaden Sharp did, and a lengthy interview with Damian Lillard about his 2022-23 season, what bothers him about the NBA media landscape, and his hope for this offseason on this edition of The Briefcase. With a little more than a week to play in the regular season, the Blazers are now 32-44 overall with six games to play after falling 120-80 to the Kings Wednesday night at Moda Center. The Blazers kept it close for the first half despite only having Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibel, Nasir Little, Kevin Knox, Drew Eubanks, Jabari Walker, and John Butler available for the contest, but were outscored 70-34 in the second half, turning what was a competitive contest into an absolute blowout. Shaden Sharp played 44 minutes and posted new career highs with 30 points and 7 assists while also grabbing 7 rebounds in the losing effort. According to our crack PR staff, Shaden became just the fourth teenager in NBA history to record 30-plus points, 7-plus rebounds, and 7-plus assists in a game. The other three previous teenagers to do that in the NBA were Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. Obviously, you'd rather have that come in a win, but when you put up those kind of numbers and you're surrounded by those kind of names, there's still something positive to be taken from that, even in a loss. And speaking of losses, the Blizzards have now lost six straight and nine of their last 10. They remain in 13th in the Western Conference standings, and it's hard to imagine that will change in the last week and a half of the season, and are tied with the Magic, a team that has gone five and five in their last 10 games for fifth worst record in the NBA. For those who might be wondering, the Blazers finished their schedule versus the Kings at Timberwolves, at Grizzlies, at Spurs in Austin, by the way, at Clippers and versus the Warriors on Easter Sunday. The Magic finish at Wizards, first Pistons, first Cavs twice, at Nets and at Heat. Though it's also worth pointing out that the Pacers are just a half game better than the Blazers. They finished their season versus the Thunder at Cleveland versus Knicks, first Pistons at Knicks while the Wizards are two games better and finish their season versus the Magic at Knicks, versus the Bucks, at Hawks, versus the Heat, and versus Rockets. It's also worth keeping an eye on the New York Knicks as the Blazers get their first round pick this season, which is part of the Josh Hart trade. If New York makes the playoffs, the Knicks are currently fifth in the East with a 44-33 record, which is three and a half games up on the Nets in sixth, and four games up on the Heat in seventh, which is the top spot in the play-in tournament. So as of right now, the Knicks are in the playoffs without going into the play-in tournament. On one hand, you'd like the Knicks to finish in 8th, since that would be the highest pick that would still convey to Portland, but it's probably better to just hope that the Knicks avoid the play-in so the pick is guaranteed to convey no matter what, especially after what happened last season with the Pelicans. You might remember as a part of the Josh Hot trade that the Blazers were going to get a first-round pick if the Pelicans missed the playoffs. They rallied and ended up making the playoffs, so Portland did not get that pick. Would rather not have that happen this time around with the Knicks. The Blazers need all the assets they can get going into this offseason, and that Knicks first-round pick is an important one. Now onto injury news, which is something you wouldn't necessarily assume we'd be talking about at this point in the season considering where the Blazers are at, but those injuries are going to change the way the Blazers play their remaining six games, so much so that it's worth discussing even at this point in the season and with so little stakes in terms of the standings. So as you already know, the Blazers are already finishing the year shorthanded with Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, and Jeremy Grant all sitting out with various injuries. Those players are all technically day-to-day, but I would be a little surprised if you saw any of them again this season and they're getting even thinner with a number of recent injuries. First, though there was never really any doubt, the team officially declared Justice Winslow out for the remainder of the season as he, quote, underwent successful left ankle surgery today at Atrium Health Mercy in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Surgery was performed by Dr. Robert Anderson, MD, of Ortho Carolina to address joint instability. A full recovery is expected. Winslow is anticipated to be ready for the 2022-23 season. Unquote. Justice sprained that ankle in mid-December and was never able to return. Just a supreme bummer for both Justice and the Trailblazers. Here's what Justice had to say about the official shutdown. What's up, Rip City? Um, by the time you guys hear this, I will have already had a successful surgery and I'll be uh, recovering well. Um, I'll admit no one was expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. Um, when my, I initially got hurt, sprained my ankle, uh, the medical team, you know, they thought it was a significant sprain, but um, no one really imagined that I'll be out this long, you know, three months and 40 plus games later. Um, I can honestly say that we did everything we could to try to get uh, myself back on the court. Um, countless rehab sessions, two-a-days, pool workouts, um, second opinions. Uh, it just didn't happen. Um, I didn't get the response from my body that I was hopeful for. But um, like always in life, I've learned that the, the, the journey is the reward. Um, so I'm excited for this rehab process. I'm going to attack it. Um, with everything I got, 110%. Um, and like always, I'll be back better than ever. Just win. And while it's obviously not a good thing that Justice had to have surgery, he has been out already for a while, so that really didn't change much of the current reality of what the Blazers have been facing from an injury perspective. But what did change is Trenton Wofford rolling his ankle in the loss of the Thunder. And while he may be able to play again this season, I'm not so sure that he actually will. And then news came out prior to Wednesday's game that Keon Johnson, who tied his career high with 20 points in the loss of the Thunder and, as you heard on this podcast recently, was excited about getting to play significant minutes in the last six games of the season, broke his finger at shoot-around, putting the rest of his season in jeopardy. I did notice that Keon did take some shots prior to Wednesday's game, so I'm guessing that fracture isn't too serious. But with less than two weeks to go, it's a bit difficult to imagine the returns and plays before the season ends on Easter Sunday. And with both Ryan Archdiakono and Cam Reddish both dealing with injuries as well, both were in uniform but neither played in Wednesday night's game, the team went out and signed guard Skyler Mays to a 10-day contract. Mays, who is 25 years old, has played in 29 games this season, 14 of those being starts for the Mexico City Capitanes and the Delaware Bluecoats at the NBA's G League during the 2022-23 season, averaging 14.1 points, 3.7 rebounds, 5.1 assists, and 0.7 steals in 27.6 minutes per game. Originally selected with the 50th overall pick of the 2020 NBA draft by the Atlanta Hawks, Mays has appeared in 61 games, five of those being starts, with averages of 3.3 points, 1.0 rebounds, and 0.8 assists and 8.0 minutes per game for the Hawks. He also played with Trenton Wofford at LSU, so at least he's coming into a situation where he's got a little bit of familiarity. So really at this point, finishing out the remainder of the season without any additional injuries is the primary goal for the Trailblazers. Other than seeing some improvement from the players who are still able to play, the main goal at this point is to just make sure that no one has any significant injuries going into the offseason, particularly injuries that could affect them going into next season. Well, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and hear from my friend and co-worker Damian Lillard. I spoke to Dame at length prior to Wednesday's game about his main takeaways from the 2022-23 season, returning from injury while reminding people how great he is, what he was heartened by and what he was disappointed by this season, how he views his individual performance, his thoughts on why he should be first-team All-NBA, why watching the playoffs puts him in such a bad mood, his comments on J.J. Reddick's podcast about what constitutes success and the reaction to those comments, his issues with the NBA media landscape, and his hopes for the offseason. Dame always has a lot to say and is one of the guys who is never afraid to speak his mind. Guys who are willing to be open and honest about their thoughts and issues typically make for great interviews, and Damian Lillard is one of the elite interviews in the NBA. Take it away, Dame. 
All right, Dame, uh, obviously, you know, this season, not, not I think what any of us would have hoped for. What are your main takeaways from this year? Uh, just coming back, being able to be healthy, you know what I mean? Just coming off last year, getting surgery, missing more games than I missed in my career. I had a lot of time to just prepare, you know, just get healthy, get strong, get my mind clear and right. And um, I came back to to handle business, and I, I felt like I got off to a, a strong start before I injured my calf. Team got off to a good start, and I had those two calf injuries to start the season. And then, uh, you know, eventually I hit my stride, and, uh, you know, I think everybody saw it happen. You know, I, I hit my stride. Uh, you know, I was pretty much having my way. And, uh, you know, we just we just haven't had great health overall as a team. You know, it seems like we haven't been whole for the whole season. Then at the deadline, you know, we lose Gary, we lose Josh, you know, two significant parts of our team. And then, you know, we just got real young after that. And, um, you know, it becomes a little bit harder to win after you get, get young and, you know, a little bit less experienced, a little bit less comfortable. Um, in a lot of situations, you know, so it was kind of like ups and downs, win one here, lose a couple, win a couple, just inconsistent. Um, it was that type of season. And, uh, you know, I think it was, you know, just a, a tough one as far as our health and us being able to, to find our footing um, and, you know, sustain anything. It was just a, a tough one. You know, it never felt like we settled in. But, I mean, individually, I felt like, you know, I, I had the kind of season that I saw myself having coming, coming back off injury. You know, when you, had, when you went under and had the surgery finally, nationally, people didn't realize that you had been playing through that for some time. And so when you had it, I felt like there was a real notion out there like, boy, can Dame come back from this injury? And I know you weren't trying to, like, answer anything about that, but it seems like, I mean, you came out and had the best season of your career from a statistical perspective. So I imagine there was some gratification to that at least. Well, I mean, not really because when people were saying all the things they had to say and, you know, oh, is Dame, you know, downhill now? You know, is it going downhill for Dame? You know, is what's going on? You know, people had a lot of questions. And for me, I almost felt relief because I was like, now, once they see that, that I was really injured and I come back healthy and I know that I'm feeling better, It'll look like more to them than it does to me because I know how I felt even in the years leading up to this where I was having great seasons. So I was just like, they'll see. You know, I even told you a bunch of times, like, watch. You know, people don't realize how injured I actually was because I never really made a big deal out of it. So I was just, I was more excited to, to come back and just let people see, like, I was hurt, you know what I mean? But I, it wasn't like, oh, you know, any type of gratification or nothing like that. Was there maybe one or two things you were heartened by this season that you were like, yeah, that, that was good. I, I feel good about that. Um, I think we um, we had we we discovered pieces on our team where it's like, you know, you see where we could fill some holes and where we can do some things and, and take some leaps forward. Obviously, I don't want to take a season to be like, OK, this is what we learned this season. And now the whole season is going and you got to wait till next year. But, you know, I definitely think we had some some stuff that we can look at. You know, you see. Jeremy's been the type of four man that we've been looking forward to or looking for having on our roster. A guy that's an athlete, can make threes, can put it on the floor. Um, you know, he's shooting 40 from three. You know, just that that type of four man that you're seeing around the league now and that type of wing um, and got more reps in. So I think you just, you know, shading, showing signs, 
you see it shaping up. It's just like where you got to plug things in at, you know, the, the talent, and then you need experience, and then you need some vets, you know. So you start to see how it could take shape. Um, but like I said, obviously that's not what you want to take away from a season. But, I mean, I do think those are the, the positives. Yeah. You had already mentioned health. Is there anything else that you were kind of disappointed by this season that, you know, you really felt like maybe missed opportunity or just didn't lock in maybe the way you hoped it would? Uh, I was just disappointed in how many uh, how many games we lost while having a significant lead. You know, I think in this league, obviously, leads can go away quick because of how, how fast the game is, how many threes people shoot. Games can swing fast, and teams can make up ground, you know, a lot. Uh, they, they can make up a lot more ground now than they could in the past because of the way the game is played. But uh, I think just to, to have blown... You know, 17 or however many double-digit leads that we've had. To me, that's just that's heartbreaking because if you cut that number in half, then we might be the five seed. If you just cut it in half, you know what I mean. Let alone take away 11 of them, and you have six of them instead of 17. Now we got 43 wins and you know 32 losses, and we're looking at a top three seed or something. You know what I mean? So I think that's the. That's the thing that I struggle with, and I think that's just, you know, being able to sustain that level of focus and, and close games out, you know, to, to sustain uh, execution and, you know, on defense and offense. And we just, obviously, with that number of leads blown, obviously we didn't do a great job of that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fans who would agree with you with that. From an individual perspective, where would this season kind of rank for you, or, or how satisfied were you from an individual perspective? I know it's on an individual game. I know you're a team guy, but just... I mean, you played very well this season, so I'm curious how it ranks for you, and if if you feel any 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 gratitude in that or or any any happiness about that. Uh, like I said, coming off injury, obviously I'm very very happy with the way I performed individually, but I always look at how I played, and then when we're not winning games, I'm always looking at like, am I playing how I should be playing? But what could I have done differently to to impact winning you know what what could I have done differently so that we had come out with a different type of result and I always look at that and I subconsciously or maybe not subconsciously I always look for where I, you know where I played a part in that's not winning you know I think I place more of a burden on myself than I probably should sometimes but that's always how I look at my individual performance but I think looking back at it if I just isolate my my performance alone, I think it was the best best season of my career. Just how I felt out there, the way I was able to do what I was doing, how efficient it was, how I recovered from game to game, how I was on top of my routine, and how sharp I was able to stay. You know, I think that was this is probably what a, was probably the best season of my career, and I think I should be I think I should be first team All NBA, you know, for the second time. Yeah, I'll ask you about that then. Obviously, as the season gets down to a close, I think people start looking more and more of those things. And I think some people look at it and say, yeah, Dame was great, but the Blazers are in 13th, and you're going to play in, I think, 58 games. So what would you say to people that say you didn't play enough games or the team wasn't good enough to be first team? I mean, well, if you look around, a lot of guys who a lot of guys who would also be, uh, I guess, in the, running, in the running for first team as a guard, they've missed a lot of games as well, probably more games than me. So, I mean, when you look at it, guys have missed more games than me. And you also look at the standings, and we all right there close in the race. You know, I mean, obviously not today. It's not as close, you know, but the whole entire season, 
everybody was just in a bunch, you know, so it wasn't like anybody was just head and shoulders. Even right now, every team is three games or three losses away from being outside. So, you know, the guys that I think of when I'm like, okay, who am I in the running with for first team or who who would be in that conversation against me? I would say Steph and Luca. You know, that's that's who I would assume it is. And they've missed games just like I've missed games. And, you know, obviously Golden State is a championship organization. They've still managed to win games. Obviously, Steph is Steph. But he's missed games as well. Luca has missed games as well. And his team, I think, is on the outside looking in as well. So with it being six games left, I, I don't think any of those things should determine that based on how this season went, you know. So my opinion is that I should be first team, you know, and that's just what I think. What's it like for you watching the playoffs? I, I know you had mentioned that, that that's maybe when it's the hardest is, is watching the other teams in the postseason. Yeah, I think like right now, you know, I'm kind of, I understand we not healthy and, you know, we probably going to be on the outside and there's still some games left. And right now it don't feel that bad. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I, it's a little frustrating yeah. just knowing what it is, but it's always like once other people start playing and we not playing no more, that's when it like really start to kick in. You know, even when we have made the playoffs and we get eliminated and people are still playing, it's like that's when my attitude get bad for about <laughs> my attitude get bad for about a week. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm sure that time is coming. When you were talking on JJ Reddick's podcast about how there needs to be a measure of success that's outside of just winning a championship. Yeah, people didn't like that. No, I, I know they didn't. But <laughs> you know, everybody was like, oh, but you you play for rings. And I'm like, if y'all watch the interview, I said we play to win championships. Obviously, none of us sitting here like, hey, man, we haven't won. I haven't won, so don't measure me only by championships. Like, of course, that's going to always be there. You know, that's always the ultimate measurement. If you had success this season, who won the championship? You know what I mean? So that's what we play for. But my point in saying that was just that there's a lot of things that take place outside of just the championship being won, you know. And while the most important thing is the championship, I just don't agree with the way we talk about it as nothing matters but that. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I win the championship, I'm not going to discredit, you know, players who haven't won it yet or players who didn't win that season because they didn't win it. That shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? And the same teams have won it. Since I've been in the league, it was San Antonio, Miami, San Antonio, Miami, Golden State, Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, the Lakers and the Bucks snug in there in the middle of that and won one. But other than that, ain't nobody really won. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like everybody just out here winning. It's only been a select few, and those teams had the same players. You know what I mean? Brown was in Miami. Brown was in L.A. Milwaukee is the one one-off team that just got in there and won it. But, like, we all play to win, you know what I'm saying? And that's my number one desire is to win the championship. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just let the, the way the media is now and the way they do talk shows on TV now, like, the way everything is done is like, oh, he don't have a ring. This this guy doesn't have a championship. Like, I respect, I respect that stance because that's the most important thing. But y'all not about to act like people not out here getting it done because they haven't won it. Some people have been blessed to be in great situations and on great teams. And people will look at me and say, man, well, you choosing to stay in Portland, go somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But it's it's something to be said about I like where I stand. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know if, if it's going to happen next year or the year after that or whenever. Y'all just don't know. But they speak as if they just know what's best and they know how everything is going to play out. They know how everything should go. And this means that, like, Man, half the time people don't know what the hell they talking about.
I, I think half is, uh, that's probably an overestimation, Dane. And that's giving more credit than people probably deserve, but I'm going to just say half of them really don't know what they be talking about. They just, they don't know the individuals they talking about. They don't know these people. They don't know our lives. They don't know why we make the decisions we make. They don't know why we attach to the things we attach to. They just speak from, they speak as far as they understand. And they just don't understand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't expect them to I don't expect them to because they don't know me like that. None of them. So it ain't about oh loyalty and name being like I ain't even talking about loyalty. Yeah. I'm just talking about y'all don't know me for real. And y'all speak as if y'all just know where I'm coming from and y'all got everything figured out on my behalf and y'all don't. You know what I'm saying? And I never will give a shit either. If I do do something, it's gonna be because that's what I chose to do and I wanted to do. It's never gonna be because these tell me oh this is he needs this for his legacy and his legacy this like man y'all will never what they say will never carry weight for me just know that and i mean outside of work i you already have a legacy you have a family that you care about a great deal and, and that means a lot to you i want to win a championship i want to be the mvp i want to win a bunch of games all the time it's just really crazy to me that people just think that i'm supposed to just march to the beat of, of they drum and I'm supposed to take what they think and what they see and just operate how they think I should operate. I think that's just crazy. I think that's crazy as well. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, that's crazy. And they say, oh, we want it for you. Like, they want, like, come on, man. Y'all don't even that, know me that, like that. That's just a way of being right. The arguments there aren't about, like, I want this for them. It's I want to be right about the opinion that I have. And I'm going to figure out ways to say that so it makes it seem like I'm doing it for reasons other than I want to be right. Yeah. I mean, I really don't care, honestly. And every year I just care less and less. <laughs> That's what being an adult is, is, is caring less and less. Especially about the things that don't matter. I mean, like, today my son's birthday. So, I... I <laughs> today my son's birthday. You know what I mean? Like, I got a whole... I got kids, bro. Like, I got going on in my life that really matters to me. That I really... You know what I mean? I lock in. I come to the arena to play. I show up to practice. I get on the plane, I do everything I'm asked to do, bro, and I put my best foot forward. You know, outside of that, I actually have a life. I actually have a family and people I care about, bro. These people get up every day and critique everything, which is fine if y'all critiquing our game and this, this, that. But y'all don't even know our life for real. Not just me, they don't even know these dudes' life at all. You know what I'm saying? They just don't. Yeah, they're not there putting on Power Ranger costumes and, and putting on for uh, for their kids. Hey, to my point exactly, I don't know if they're doing that or yeah. not. <laughs> so I won't even speak on that with you because I don't know what they are or are not doing. I feel like that says a lot about you as a person and as a man to not only do those things for your kids, but like be into doing those things for your kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm a... For my people, I'm an ultimate servant. You know what I mean? Almost to a fault, you know, and that's not... I'm not bragging about doing something to a fault, but, like, that's how much I care. You know what I'm saying? And I carry that in a lot of things that I do, which is how people might view what I do even for the Blazers. You know what I mean? I just care. I want to see happen what I want to see happen, so I'm going to do whatever needs to be done for that. Kind of that leads to my last question here. What are your, what are your hopes for this offseason? Man, I hope that we can really get some, some significant stuff done because, you know, for me, I just, I've never felt better. You know what I mean? On the floor, I've never felt more in control. I've never felt stronger. I've never felt, I've never had a deeper belief in, you know, the type of charge that I could lead. I just haven't. And I dealt with a lot this season, you know what I mean? Off the floor. I probably had my toughest time off the floor this season. And I was still able to have the season that I had. You know what I'm saying? So... As things are getting better, 
it's like I can only imagine having actual like peace away from the floor and then being able to play. So I just hope that we do something. Uh, I hope that we come strong, man, and like have a real chance to like do something. You know what I mean? Now is the time. Now is the time indeed. Dame always keeps it real, and I imagine a lot of what he just had to say is very similar to what a lot of the fans have had to say about this season. Damian Lillard, truly a man of the people. And that is going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back next week with a few new episodes from the last road trip of the season. Until then, please consider subscribing to both The Briefcase and The Blazers Balcony wherever you get your podcasts, or even if you don't get podcasts now, consider finding a place to get podcasts and add both The Briefcase and The Blazers Balcony to your library. So thank you again for listening. I am Casey Holdall. We will talk to you next week. Go Blazers!